I became aware as God spoke to me that night that I was a sinner, that if something should happen to me, I would die. And everything I was holding on and believed on, I didn't believe it could save me from my sin. But I believe Jesus could. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear more from Byron Saraceno from the Pueblo of Laguna in west-central New Mexico. We pick up where he left off, trying as a young man to make sense of the world around him. During my high school years, I loved music and I loved it so much that I got involved in a rock and roll band playing the drums. At the onset of the beginning of our band, we didn't have a band name, and the guys used to rent amplifiers from the Wild West Music Store of Albuquerque. One Friday evening, one of the guys' trucks couldn't work, and time was pressing to get to the place where we had to play. So we ended up calling and renting a taxi, loaded up all the equipment, and drove it to Ray's Bar and Grill of San Fidel, New Mexico. We ended up calling uh, that band Taxi. My neighbor, Skip, was the bass player. Willie from Zuni Pueblo was the rhythm guitarist. And Marvin from Laguna was the lead guitarist. We played in bars while I was still in my junior and senior year of high school and after two years while I tried to go to college. I saw the nightlife. I saw how people were laughing on the outside but will be hurting on the inside. I used to think, why do people drink? I tried it myself, and it made a mockery of me. The Bible says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Those experiences with the band and times of partying allowed me to see people like myself were looking to fill a void that only God could fill. The party life caught up with me while I was attending the the University of Albuquerque. It's a school no longer that's in existence. I withdrew from school my second year, second semester. I ended up working at the uranium mine on the Laguna Reservation, driving a water truck. One day after payday, I looked at the rearview mirror of that truck I was driving, observing all that dust behind me, and simply thought within myself, is this what I want to do? The rest of my life, I ended up going back to my parents' place because that's where I was staying and sat in the living room, watched a TV commercial or two, and it showed all the various armed services. One that got my attention was the Navy commercial. It said it's not just a job, it's an adventure. I was considering either going back to school, but I wasn't sure what I would study. If I got away, maybe this was some way I could get some training. I was contemplating all of them, which which should I join? And if I joined the the army, I knew that, that if I served in that military, I'd seen enough army shows that I might end up in a tank and get blown up. I thought if I joined the Air Force, I might end up in an airplane and they could shoot us out of the sky, blow us up into smithereens. I said, nope. Then I thought of the Marine Corps. 
I knew and understood that many of the Marines were on the front lines in the time of war and said, nope, not me. But I thought about it. if I joined the Navy, if I got on one of those Navy vessels, if the enemy started firing at us, I could jump off the boat and swim for land. And I used that basis to join the Navy. I didn't know at the time that the Navy, just like the rest of the services, they if a guy wants to join the military, they have to take this test called the Adisabab test. It's the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test. And they and I qualified for certain categories and ended up choosing the medical field. I didn't know then that the medical personnel of the Navy were placed with the Marine Corps. I would end up as a Navy corpsman attached to the Marine Corps, the grunts, the very group I didn't want to be a part of. But looking back, I saw what I would call the providential hand of God and how two years later, my life will change completely. Someone said there's no accidents in God's plan. God doesn't say oops. In the summer of 1981, I had orders to report that the 3rd Marine Division headquarters in Regiment Okinawa, Japan. That fall, we deployed to an area called the DMZ for several months. It was in the cold winter months that our men were involved in a combined military exercise. The Marines would practice shooting their big guns during the day and rest in the evening. There wasn't much going on. In that area, except I found out later on, some Christians were meeting nightly in a tent having a Bible study. I've never attended a Bible study prior to that. There was a Navy chaplain assistant named Charlie that knew me that kept inviting me to this Bible study. I told him, I've got my own religion. And uh, then that changed later on to tell Charlie, I'll come and then I never did until one evening. I remember like it was yesterday. I was sitting on my military bed. They call it a cot, C-O-T, listening to the music, rock and roll music by the cars. And I said, I better keep my word. I've been lying to Charlie all this time. So I took off my headphones and I went to that Bible study that night. The men in that Bible study were very gracious, loving and kind, encouraging to me. And they were being taught by the Navy chaplain named Rick Gates. That night, they were playing a game called Bible Baseball. Someone asked a question, and depending on which team you were on, you were up to bat, you got it right, you went to first base, and you got another answer right, you went to second base, and so forth. They scored home runs like that. And they not only asked what I would call spiritual questions, but secular questions included me in that game. At the end of that time, Chaplain Rick Gates shared a devotion. And his Bible study was basically on the simplicity of the gospel. How that Jesus Christ died for our sins and how that he was buried and how that he rose on the third day. He emphasized the fact that Jesus loved us. God proved his love towards us. I had heard part of that, but the emphasis that night, I remember 
was placed on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I began to think about this. During that week, uh, part of the men in the camp were being told that the North Koreans wanted to mess with us American military and they were saying things like that they were going to kill us all, they are going to blow us up. For that first three weeks in that military exercise, we weren't worried about that, but from like the third week on, we were on high alert. So there was an underlying fear that I could get killed, and then I'm here I'm sitting in a Bible study I never heard before, being taught by Rick Gase, the chaplain, and he's talking about Jesus, and how Jesus gave his life, and how Jesus was a risen Savior. And I thought for a while there, and I thought, if Jesus is alive, then I can trust in him. I can believe on him. And that's what happened. Placed my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And in the words of Christ himself, I became born again by his spirit. My life was changed. And uh, I felt going into that Bible study, I was not one of the group, but that night I felt like I was part of that group. Something had changed, something that it didn't completely understand what had happened to me. But my life began a new pathway. I look back and I can tell you, I place my faith in one who finishes work on a cross and died for sinners like me. I became aware as God spoke to me that night that I was a sinner, that if something should happen to me, I would die. And everything I was holding on and believed on, I didn't believe it could save me from my sin. But I believed Jesus could. So my life was drastically changed inwardly. After that military exercise in that demilitarized zone, the DMZ, between North and South Korea, we headed back to Okinawa, Japan. I was excited to get back to that island and call home. I wanted to call my mom and dad and tell them what I had experienced and what was going on in my life, and I wasn't sure what they would say to me. And so when I called home, my mom picked up the phone and she really didn't know what to think of my decision. As I told her, Mom, I became a Christian. Mom, I got saved. I really want to follow Jesus. She said, Son, if that's what you want to do, who am I to stop you? Then she said, Well, you better talk to your dad. And so she gave the phone to my dad. And my dad, let me just say it like this. He responded by saying some unkind things. And... um but that was my initiation, I would say, into trying to tell my family and my relatives about the Lord Jesus Christ and about him being my Savior. I discovered that being a Christian, according to the Bible, is not the same as believing in our Indian religion. For example, when I made much of the name of Jesus, my relatives didn't like it. I said, if we all believe the same thing, what's wrong with me mentioning the name of Jesus. Some of my cousins later on would say that's white man's religion. I found out right away not everybody was happy for me. 
It became clear to me that I'd been part of a religion trying to earn the favor of God through all my prayers, religious dances, and other things that were connected. I thought I was a good Indian as long as I didn't end up in jail. I used to think being a good person, being a good Indian, was the way to heaven. But I was wrong. The Bible declares all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. It's true. There is no one who's good enough to stand before our holy and just Creator. We all have fallen short, and no amount of good we've done or will ever do could cover or atone for our offenses. But God could. That's why He sent Jesus, that whoever will place their trust in Him, they will have peace with God, because they came to Him in the way He provided. Listen to Jesus' words. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believes on Him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. Want to know more? Visit our website, withoutreservation.com, and click on the tab, New Life. Or download the Storyteller radio app and choose Hope. You can also write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Byron's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.